Welcome to St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church live interactive podcast. Thank you for tuning in with us today. And now for your hosts for your spiritual hour of power, Pastors D.A. Bennett and Josh Coates. Good afternoon, friends. So glad you're tuned in to our weekly video podcast. As always, we want to say, if you have questions during the midst of this, please let us know what your questions are. We'd rather deal with them with some than some of the stuff we have planned. But also, uh, just give us a shout out. Let us know you're here. And by we, uh, start with Pastor Josh. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing well. How about yourself? You know, I think there's a common thing going around, and it's not that my eye itches and everybody else's does, although with allergies, that could be happening. Yeah. Uh, we've had a common experience around here today and that is we're hungry <laughs> i'm not hungry anymore because you, you, you already satisfied your hunger yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm kind of hungry so if you hear a loud grumbling it's not thundering in the distance that's just my body saying feed me so uh jeff are you hungry today how are you doing I'm doing good. I, I satisfied my hunger as well. Uh, Snickers, it always satisfies. So. Oh, yes, because you're not yourself when you're hungry. That's right. Don't tell my doc that, though. No, I was going to say, we, you know, Snickers now owes us some residuals. Right. For- Today's broadcast <laughs> is brought to you by... Snickers. Oh, that's awesome. So, friends, we're, we're glad to be in the midst of this series, Created Anew, looking at the uh, scriptures from Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 10, and looking at some key phrases or key words in there that we have. Um, and today, we, we deal with the idea of, of masterpiece. And one of the things that I thought about when we when I was looking at this last week is sometimes someone can say something. It can be something positive. It can be something negative and it really does affect how we see ourselves and everything we talked about a boy named clay who was told it was nothing but dirt but then someone said no it's a special kind of dirt and and that just got me wondering uh do you know what your name means yeah my name means uh god is deliverance or jehovah saves you know it's kind of hard to beat that or what's your middle name david <laughs> What's David mean? I have no idea. <laughs> you God, didn't ask me that. You just <laughs> God saves David, <laughs> right? So, right. Yeah. Man, so you got a really biblical name. I, I mean, do. Is there some Jewish heritage back there? Those are both not, the not Old that Testament I'm aware. Well, David is my dad's name. Okay, it's his first name. So that's how I got that. I, now I don't know how he. I haven't heard the story about uh, how he was named that, but um, yeah, I I do have it and. Even my last name, Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Dream there we go. There we go. I've got a, about as biblical a name as you can get, I guess. So we've got a, a, a true Bible, Holy Ghost-filled <laughs> pastor, and we've got an Oklahoma redneck. Uh, and I'm not talking about Jeff, but Jeff, what does your name <laughs> mean? <laughs> well, uh, in uh, the Mexican culture, it means chief or boss. And uh, I mean, and Jeff, is it Hefe? It's Hefe. It, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is also my hockey nickname. But uh, is it Hefe or is it El Hefe? El Hefe. <laughs> so that's what we need to get Jeff sometime. We need to get like him a that. hockey jersey with El Hefe. On we, the, we can we can make that, that happen. That would be awesome. Well, you know, and do you have a middle name? Uh, I do. It's Kent. Okay. Is Scar- that a family name or? Uh, no, no, nobody that I know. Uh, Clark name Kent. Kent. Are you yeah. a Superman? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I've always loved to ask this question because, you know, the D in my name stands for Donald. And Donald actually means world ruler or mighty chief. Not that I see myself as either one of those, but I always love it when people say, what's your name mean? 
My name means world ruler. I want to bring you into my dominance. <laughs> and obviously that does not fit. Another thing I think of, there was a guy, he was a columnist in the Atlanta Constitution uh, back in the, gosh, 70s, 80s, maybe into the 90s. His name was Louis Grizzard. Have you ever heard of Louis Grizzard? I have not. So he, he was also a kind of a comedian, spokesperson, great storyteller. And I heard him uh, sharing something once. He said, you know, People look at my uh, name, and it's French. It's Grizzard. He goes, it means stallion. He goes, but when people look at it in the South, it's Grizzard <laughs> is how it's spelled. He said, you know, Grizzard means sissy welfare recipient. So just, you know, our, our names do have value. And, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe my parents wanted me to uh, be a, a leader, not a follower. Maybe your parents wanted you to be a man of God. And maybe Jeff's parents wanted him to be a leader, not a follower. And if you want to chime in online and say, hey, here's what my name means, let's go to I've, that. I've got a question for you. I was oh, thinking no. about this. Yeah. I, was, I was ready to move on. Now you've got a yeah, question. I've, I've got a question for you. So I, I love the statement. It's amazing that we believe what we believe about ourselves can be easily, can be easily influenced. Easily influenced. Right. Um, and, and the the thing that I think about, I think it's more amazing that we put more weight in the words that others speak over us than what God speaks about us. And Why do you think that is? Because, I mean, there some of the insecurities that I still carry with me today as a, I'll be 43 in a month, as a 43-year-old, are things that were spoken to me by others when I was 7, 8, 9, 10, a teenager. Um, and, uh, and I think that's probably the case for many of us, but why is it that we put so much weight into those words rather than what God says? Now, th 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 honestly, this is a great question because again, what we want to dive into today is how does God see us? Right. And so why is it so easily influenced when other people say things? I think one reason that we're so easily influenced is because when we're younger, when we're trying to form an identity, when we're trying to have a sense of what am I good at and, and, and what do I base my esteem on, I think one of the things that, that there's certain people that we look for approval from. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we, we always want our parents to approve of what we've done. So if our parents speak those kind of words, you're good, you're smart, you know, you're talented, that that gets into our psyche because, you know, that helps mold us. Uh, but a lot of times in when, again, children, preteens, teenagers wanting approval, there can be someone whose approval you want and you're never going to get it. And if that person speaks negatively, you know, you're so gross, you're so pathetic, because we want their approval so badly, we take that in. And and that's the hard part. Their approval is not the approval we should be looking for. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, that's part of my thought. What What's, what's your thought? I mean, I, that's kind of what I was thinking as well. I mean, I just think also there's something about someone being right there in front of you. Mm -hmm. and, and I think so many times... Um, we don't have that uh, personal connection or feeling that God is right there present, even though we know that he is. And sometimes maybe we question that or we doubt that or we struggle with that. But like, I know God is present, but I don't necessarily see him right here like I do you or Jeff. Um, and so I think sometimes that also plays into it, um, is that just like you said, we're wanting the approval of those around us. And, uh, and so regardless of what the Bible says, what God says, um, sometimes we put more weight into what somebody says that we shouldn't even really care what they think, but 
for whatever reason we do. And, you know, if you've read uh, Townsend and Cloud's book, The Five Love Languages, mm-hmm. one of those love languages, words of affirmation. You know, you can give me a gift. You know, that means something. You you can, you know, give me a big hug, maybe that. But, man, if you say something nice about me, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm, my tank is full. Uh, and I also want to say, and it's been a long time since I studied psychology, I, I think this psychologist was at Maslow who came up with the hierarchy of needs. And one of the things he said was, we have needs for affirmation. We have needs of, of self-worth. And so whenever people tear that down, um, it, we, we internalize that. Yeah. It, it causes a struggle. And that's why this sermon, it, it, it felt so much different for me uh, because – it, it was really saying, here's what God thinks about us, but it says it in such a positive light that we don't, I don't ever think of myself this way. Right. And, I, you know, I don't know who needed to, to hear the, the good word, but, you know, when it says, those who are in Christ Jesus are a masterpiece. You know, I feel like I'm the kind of masterpiece you hang on a refrigerator. <laughs> you know, I'm not the kind of masterpiece that you hang in a museum. Sometimes I think there are plenty of people that don't care where I'm hanging just as long as I'm hanging. Uh, but um, I don't really think of myself. Yeah, I mean, I've seen this stuff that says, oh, you know, if, if you were a picture, God would have you on his refrigerator. Because that is how much God loves us. That is how right. much God thinks of us. So, um, man, I'm, now I'm getting the itchy nose. I had that last week, too. Uh, but Part of the key, I think, in understanding the scripture is not just understanding the idea of masterpiece. It's understanding just that simple phrase, in Christ. Yeah. And, you know, when, when you hear that, in Christ, what, what does that make you think of? Well, when I think of, obviously, in dealing with Jesus, I think of relationship. And in Christ, in relationship with Jesus, following Jesus daily. Um, and, and with that, I think of the difference between knowing about someone and really knowing them. Um, I was a huge Michael Jordan fan growing up. I mean, one of the biggest that you, you could have probably. And I could string off 20, 30 things about Michael Jordan, about the number of championships and MVPs and scoring average and, and all of those Defensive things. Defensive player of the year. Right. Yeah. I know exactly when and where I bought my first Jordan shoes. And, like, I had posters. And, I've you know, my most expensive bobblehead in my bobblehead collection is a Michael Jordan bobblehead. And I've got – I've got all this information about him, but I've never met him. Right. I don't know him. Um, I don't. You know, I know facts about him, but I don't know him. I don't know who he is. And uh, and we can go to church, and and that's the scary thing is that we can grow up in the church, mm-hmm. our spend our entire lives in the church, and know a ton of information and facts about Jesus, and not ever have a personal experience and encounter and relationship with Jesus. Yeah, I, I use that same example when we talk about our, our motto at the church is know, grow, go, to know Jesus, to grow in relationship, and then to go in the name of Jesus. And I I don't say Michael Jordan. I say Bob Stoops. You know, I know uh-huh. a lot about Bob Stoops because I'm an OU football fan. I've never met him. I've got an autographed football of his in my office that somebody gave me. I've got a bobblehead <laughs> of Bob Stoops in my office. Uh, I actually went to church in Norman when I was off one Sunday, and he sat about three rows in front of me with his family. Yeah, I've served uh, communion to Bob Stoops but, before. so But I've never met him. I've never spoken to him. You know, and 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 that's okay. I don't need to have relationship where I know Bob Stoops, but I need relationship where I know Jesus Christ. And w- when I think of what it means to be in Jesus, I think of the scripture where it says, "For those who are 
in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. And again, when we're thinking, how do we kind of form this identity? Well, you know, I'm in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I still mess up, still sin, still make mistakes. But because my life is securely dwelled in a relationship with him, not a knowledge of, but a not intimate knowledge with, you know, I am confident that uh, I'm not condemned for my sin because when God looks at me, he judges me according to the merits of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus and, and not my own stuff. Right. Um and so I, when I think of being in Jesus, I think it means to be in a relationship with Jesus. It means to be in submission to Jesus. It means to be uh, in a, a means of repentance with Jesus. So when we talk about you're God's masterpiece, I think it's crucial that we see that that says those who are in Christ Jesus, we are a masterpiece outside of Christ Jesus, we, we're not really being recreated and created new into this relationship. So one of the other things we sought to deal with on Sunday was the whole idea of what what do you, determines the difference between a masterpiece and just a common work of art. And I called LaQuincy Reed. LaQuincy is a very gentle, spirited soul. Uh, if people don't uh, know him, he's, he's a very talented individual used to be a school teacher now he's a full-time artist um, and so I asked him and he said there were three things that he thought made a masterpiece the first was historical significance you know what was going on that provoked this artist to draw this picture or make this sculpture at, at this time and of course he quoted Picasso's Guernica I'd never heard of it I looked it up did some research and it's like yeah this was his protest against the Nazis you right. know uh, the, the Spanish town of Guernica had been bombed by the Nazis. So obviously for him to even paint this was somewhat risky, but it was his protest against the innocent bloodshed, and, and he did it in a way that artists can do it. Right. Uh, the second then was exquisite talent, um, and he talked about La Pieta, which was in the sermon, but he also talked about the statue of David that's, I, I believe it's, is that in the Vatican? I, 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 I know very little we're, about We're not arts. really art guys. <laughs> Talk to us about Sooner football or UCO <laughs> hockey, and we're good to go. But I, I want to say that I, I heard um, a story that when somebody co commented to Michelangelo about how did you sculpt this great statue, that he said, oh, well, the statue was always in there. Yeah. I just had to bring it out. Uh, and we'll get to that idea and in a minute. That's such a, a beautiful image of what God is doing in us. When we think about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, think about sanctification, sanctifying mm -hmm. grace. That is exactly what God is doing. That's why we say that salvation is a gift of God, and it's the work of God. God right. is, is chipping away at, in, in our, our hearts and our lives to shape and mold us into a, a completely new creation. Well, and, and let's go ahead and go there. I'll say that the three things LaQuincy said were historical significance, exquisite talent, and uniqueness, that nobody else could do it. And, and in the sermon, I really talked about how nobody can do what God's done. Right, yeah. Uh, but that whole idea of the experience of grace we have that not only saves us, but sanctifies us it, it helps to make us holy and when i think of that um you know it's like okay so if if my sanctification is the work of god within my heart can i control that can i manipulate that do do i have any effect if it's the work of god 
why does God work differently in some people than he does others? And the thought occurred to me that sanctification is not automatic. It's not forced on us. It does require our consent. It does require our cooperation. Um, and I, I, ju- I think that's a critical thing for us to understand in how our lives begin to change. You know, God can't make you more generous if you're never giving. Right. Well, and also, I think there's a lot to be said with the condition of our hearts and how open we are to inviting the Holy Spirit in. Right. I think of the parable of the soils. I love that parable. Um, and, Probably my favorite parable. Yeah, it's it's such a, a powerful parable. Um, and, and we just have to ask ourselves and reflect, um, are the things that I'm involved in, are the things that I'm committing to, are the things that I'm giving my life and my energy and my time to, yeah. are they things that are preparing my heart and softening my heart and opening my heart up to God and the work of the Holy Spirit in my lives, or are they things that are shutting God out, that are shutting right. and making myself have a harder heart so that the the Word of God that is sown in me doesn't grow and it's not watered because I'm closing myself off to God. Most of us go through seasons of, you know, what we might say are extreme spiritual growth. And then we might have a season of just stagnant water. I don't even want to say still water because still water can be quite beautiful, but stagnant water that just has no life and, and nothing in this. And that's why, you know, broken record time, we say this all the time. This is why it's important for us to continually read God's Word in the Bible. It's why it's important for us to pray. It's why it's important for us to, to serve and to give. And some of those things come very easily to us, and some of those things don't. I, I heard a guy say once, I think I've mentioned this you know, before some time ago on a podcast, that when when reading the Bible and prayer and worship, that's just not getting you any excitement. Uh, this guy said, you know, maybe it's time you serve. Yeah. And and if serving has become empty, maybe it's time you start reading your Bible and praying and, and doing those kind of things. Um, but the whole idea that we we invest ourselves into this, it, it's like you know, if you want to be a great football player. Um, you can't just sit around on the couch and eat, you know, Twinkies all day, which is what you do when you're old and you're watching football. <laughs> uh, but no, you, you, you've got to put in the time to do the work, to get in shape, to make your body stronger, to form your body in, in a way it, it goes. I'm sure Jeff is, you know, preaching that to his hockey players all the time. Right. Uh, well, you, one of the one of the the points that I'm going to make this week, um, as we talk about the plans God has for us in the last part of the series, is that. While salvation is free, God's gift of grace is free, following Jesus is costly. Um, and, yeah. and, and so when you're talking about staying in the Word and, and doing these things, um, there is a, there, and we'll talk about this this week, there is a work that we do. Um, it's just the difference between being saved by works versus being saved for works. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we, we could go right there, but that's next week's podcast. <laughs> if you haven't picked up, I'm not preaching Sunday. Josh is preaching. It is World Communion Sunday. We will be celebrating the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. I, I think you will want to It'll be, a great, be here for great that. Day. So, um, so this 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 work that God is, I'm, my life is in Christ Jesus, and he is like a potter at the will. I mean, he, he is molding us. He is smoothing out any rough places. Uh if there is a flaw, you know, I've heard that sometimes with clay there might be a pebble in there, and when they're, you know, do, what do you do? Doing pottery, molding. 
I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but that if if there's a pebble in there, it can ruin everything, and so they have to pull the pebble out and then start again because of the structure. And and the end of it, you can see. Oh, that's going to be a, a beautiful vase, or oh, that's going to be a magnificent bowl. We can see what's going on, but the work isn't finished, and that's what happens in those moments when we are really in strong, tight communion with God. We can see the work. We experience the work that that God is is doing in us, but we're not quite finished. And so the transforming work that God is doing in our lives, even though we are a masterpiece, he's not finished with us yet. Right. He's, he's still putting the process. finishing touches on us, as it were. But another important thing I felt like needed to be brought out in the sermon Sunday was even though we are God's masterpiece, and, and that's something that we, we can say with confidence and humility, uh, you know, because he's always said, you didn't earn it, can't take credit for it, you can't boast about it. Um, but as much as God wants to do in our lives, there are forces in this world that seek to undo what God is doing. Yeah. There are forces in the world that seek to destroy this masterpiece that God uh, has created and, and is creating. And again, that's not something I spend a lot of time talking about because I want people to think about Jesus and think of doing those things. But if you ever wonder why it gets hard, if you ever wonder why you don't feel so master peaceful, I don't know how to say that. Sounds good to me. But, uh, you know, you don't really feel like a masterpiece. Uh, chances are, uh, you know, you're you're the beautiful picture on the poster that somebody draws the mustache on, you know, or the devil horns or whatever they might, because they, they want to ruin it. They want to, to bring it down. I was thinking about this, and, and when you think of um, our lives and how we live, you know, I watch a lot of sports. I think you watch a lot of sports on Too TV. Much. yes. And uh, Jeff is the healthy one. He's out there with skates on, banging right. around the board. He's with actually his playing players. the sports. Yeah, I'm, I'm an armchair quarterback. I'm, I'm a professional surfer, man. I got my remote, and I can surf through channels like nobody's business. Um, but it seems like all of the commercials that come on during sports are beer commercials, people having a party, people having a good time, uh, and they don't ever look like me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're models, they're uh, just beautiful people, and, and the message is not simply, you know, buy my beer or my tortilla chips or whatever it might be selling. It's if you do buy this, this is what your life is like. Right. You have all these friends. You have all this laughter. You're always having a good time. And that is an attack against how life can be. You know, because then people think, why isn't my life like that? When we talk about someone speaking a word to influence our understanding of ourselves, sometimes there are forces out there, you know, you need to lose weight. Uh, you're losing your hair. You need to do this to get you know, right. hair on your head or, or whatever. Those forces out there are saying the image of who you are is not the image you should be looking yeah, for. Yeah, you're not good enough. You're right. not enough. Um, and, you know, it's important to recognize that our enemy is not flesh and blood. Um, it's it's clear there is a, there are spiritual forces that are out there that are fighting against the masterpiece that God is creating in us, the, the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. There is not an equal force. Right. That's but very, there is yeah. another Satan force. Satan is God's enemy, but not God's equal. Right, right. There is another force out there. It's not equal, 
but it is out there that is um, will do uh, anything that is possible to distract us, to um, bring us down, to isolate us, to make us think this about ourselves rather than what God is saying about who we are. Um, there are those forces that are out there that are very much speaking against um, this idea that we the truth of us being God's masterpiece. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I've seen it happen before. I'm sure you have in youth ministry where, where maybe kids go to camp and somebody has this significant experience with God, but their, their life hadn't really just turned around at that point. The relationship with Christ may have, but their life hadn't. And then they'll say something or do something. People are like, oh, you mean you just became a Christian and that's how you act? No, 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 no. That is a force trying to bring you down. People right. saying, you know, well, Christians don't do this, this, and this. I've been around the church a long time. Christians do all those things. <laughs> we don't feel good about it. We have to turn from our sin and turn to God. But whenever people see our faith in Christ, a lot of times what they want to do is destroy the faith. In fact, a good friend of mine uh, who is a pastor, a very effective pastor, when he was in college, he said, my job, and, and he doesn't say this with pride. He's very humbled by it. He said, my job was to get boys in my fraternity and make sure that they – didn't have any faith in Christ by the time I got through with them. You know, he was intentionally right. trying to tear them down, and there there are those forces in our lives. And so, it, it, you know, again, if you're struggling with your sinfulness, as people are trying to drag you down, a lot of times it's because you have something that they don't. You have something that they want, and they don't know how to get it, and it's easier to criticize you and bring you down than it is to say, how do I get that in my life? Because they want to know that what you have is true and real and authentic. And, and and at that point, we begin to trust the same grace that saves us is the same grace that will save them. Yeah. Same God, same thing. In every person, regardless of our relationship with Christ, whether we love Christ or indifferent to Christ, don't know Christ, every person, when God looks at us, he says, I see you as you can be, not just as you are. It's not like God's dumb and he doesn't know who we are, but he sees us as we can be. That's that, again, I think it was Michelangelo's statue of David. Wonderful historical work. And it's like, no, the statue was always in there. I had to bring it out. There's something inside of every one of us that God wants to bring out. And it's not always pain-free, you know, as you're going to talk about Sunday. Sometimes right. it, it, it's difficult. It, it, it requires our consent. It requires our cooperation, but God is making us into a masterpiece, and that is just a beautiful thing for us to think about. Amen. I love it. Well, so I I had yeah. Uh, we got a question. Uh, no, not a question, but m more a comment. Have you uh, either one of you guys been to uh, a big uh, international art museum and seen these? magnificent works of art i went to some art museum in chicago i don't remember what it was uh, yeah. uh, there's a big art museum in chicago i want to say that i may have been to an art museum in uh, washington dc at some point but that's been so long ago i don't remember and i'm trying to remember if i've been to any museums when i was in russia uh I do think we saw a lot of art, but I don't think we were in a museum. Yeah, so this last point, you know, God sees us as we can be, not as we are, uh, spoke to me uh, mm -hmm. Sunday during the, the, oh, during the sermon. Tell, tell us more. Uh, several years ago, I went to uh, the Art Museum in New York City, uh, and they had a Metropolitan Museum yep. of Art, yeah. Metropolitan, so, I mean, they've got Degas. Uh, da Vinci is the one that particularly came to mind wow. and uh they had this huge uh charcoal drawing that da vinci did that was an unfinished work mm -hmm. it was still in progress and there were errors in it 
uh, I did not see those errors in that uh, particular drawing because one, the thing was so massive, so beautiful, um, that I didn't realize that there were um, stuff that was incomplete and, mm -hmm. and, and messed up on it until I read the placards after walking out of the, that particular exhibit. And I'm like, wow, I just looked at this major piece of work and, and saw it as what it is now, a wonderful masterpiece and not... Not what Da Vinci error. wanted it to be. And, and yeah. not what it wanted to be. Yeah, and then great. when you made that uh, point of, you know, he sees this as what we can be, I related right back to that uh, charcoal drawing and thought, wow, that's God, awesome. God looks at me like something like that. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's really cool. That's a great story. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, we appreciate everyone who has joined us uh, live and those that are going to join us later on demand. We've got a midweek tomorrow night, Wednesday night here at the church, 530 dinner with classes to follow. And, uh, and then obviously this Sunday, three services, 815, 930, and 1050 with 815 traditional service and the 1050 modern service online. Hope you all can join us in person or online. It's going to be a great week. Like DA said, we've got World Communion Sunday, so we'll be sharing in communion. And uh, we'll be finishing up the, uh, this uh, series on Created Anew. Hope you can join us. It's going to be a great week. Awesome. We'll see you all next week.